I'm Sinead and I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured it could mean the end of our 21 year relationship. Warning! There will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You, the podcast that means everything. everything. Hello, uh, this time it's my choice. <laughs> it's Brian's choice uh, this time so Um, Basically, for this particular podcast, I am going to bring you the classic that is The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. The 1996 action thriller. Oh my goodness. The Rock. Okay, this is Sean Connery, I think. This is Sean Connery. This is also the delectable Ed Harris. Ah, you do like a bit of Ed Harris, don't you? Yeah, I do, I do, I do. And um, the Academy Award winning fellow that I'm not so keen on, Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to give anything away at this point. I don't want to tell you what it's all about right now. All I will say, it's a Michael Bay classic. Oh my God. I could not be more excited. Proper 90s action film. Going for it. You know, the kind that you can kick back with a beer and watch any time. Long and short of it is, will the American dream survive? I Fantastic. <laughs> Everything the 90s was about. I feel I have a feeling it might. Okay, okay. Well, let's see what I think of this. I, I'm not particularly pumped to watch a Michael Bay film. Sean Connery is Bond. I don't need to see him in anything else. No, 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 no. Wait. Mm. It's a little unfair. Is it? Well, oh, you've, uh, pigeon, uh, you've typecast the young man. The young or in man. this case, very old man. But... You know, you've got San Francisco, you've got Alcatraz, okay. you've got Sean Connery, you've got Ed Harris. Okay. What's not to love? Nick Cage. Okay, apart from Nick Cage, what's not to love? Um, let's see what happens. Let's see how I this goes. Okay. So, I found this one. It's available on lots of different platforms. It seems to be like a tenner on, That's really um, expensive. on uh, Amazon and, and, and Google and all these things. But if you get yourself a cheeky Disney Plus... Um, subscription for the month, seven ninety nine. You can watch that and loads more. Oh, what a bargain! I know. I'm quite excited by just having that, to be honest. Um, so anyway, we'll watch it and then we will see what you think afterwards. Okay, let's see. All right, fantastic. Everyone, enjoy the rock. <laughs> Wow, so we have watched the phenomenal film, The Rock. And let me say, start by saying, Simpson Bruckheimer classic. Wow, how great it is to be a man. Oh my God. You've got to love it. I mean, this what, is a bad start, isn't it? What a fabulous film. What a fabulous film. So I, I mean, take it it's as good as you remember it to be. No, nowhere near. Oh. But <laughs> it is still mental. a brilliant film, a mental film. I can see why I adored it as a kid, you know, when I was 17, 18, whatever I was, 96, oh wow, 21, I was 21, okay, but I can see why I adored it. Okay. Have you Um, got a synopsis for me? I do. Come on, let's synopsize this thing. Let me get you the synopsis that I got from IMDb, which isn't as good as the one on Disney Plus, Okay. but I quite like this one from IMDb, it made me smile because I don't believe anyone would go and watch the film who read this. A mild-mannered chemist and an ex-con must lead the counter-strike when a rogue group of military men led by a renegade general threaten a nerve gas attack from Alcatraz against San Francisco. I mean, it's not even easy to read. No. The one on Disney was much better. I I can't look it up right now. But apart from anything else, he's not a chemist. He's a chemical... He's a biochemist. He's actually... He says, I'm just a biochemist. I've got an issue with that. So I wrote that down. Nick okay. Cage says, I'm just a biochemist. Okay, before we get into... Yeah, I was going to say, let's not just jump straight down poor Mr Cage's throat. Well, no, I'm just saying, that, you know, very weird character. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out some interesting facts about this film. Okay. Because you know me, I love an interesting fact. Okay. 
It was the fourth highest grossing film of 1996. Damn straight. The fourth. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. Oh, my Lord. This is a combination. This is a production combination. Simpson Bruckheimer. They bought you Bad Boys. They bought you Top Gun. They bought you Flashdowns. Did you know that? I didn't know that. They bought you Flashdown. They did. Mm. They bought us Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. They know what they're doing when it comes to successful films. Okay, well, they knew what they were doing in 96. The screenplay, apparently, was a little bit controversial it went through quite a few different rewrites okay and then there was an issue over who got credit and who didn't apparently tarantino did some uncredited work on this screenplay Mm. i can imagine i can kind of see this he probably saw himself in the nick cage role (laughs) you know what he's like more interestingly for me i i find this really interesting yeah sean connery brought in dick clement and ian lafrenay to rewrite his dialogue Wow. How amazing is wow. that? Wow, that's pretty cool. And for anybody who doesn't know, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, they are the <clears throat> masterminds behind things like Porridge, The Likely Lads, I'll be Design Pet. I think, do they do the commitments? I think they did the yeah, commitments. I think, probably. Oh my goodness. How cool is that? Amazing. I mean, that instantly put this film slightly higher in my opinion than it was before. I can see but that. But most of my uh, good stuff probably centres around Sean Connery, so maybe that's... Okay, well, let's just back up a bit. Okay, let's back up. Let's back up. Okay, so what happens? So, first things first, let's start with the iconic opening of the film where the general's in the rain. I mean, it's so expository, it's brilliant. You start with a shot of the American flag as you have to in this sort of film, wafted in the wind. It's peeing it down with rain. There's generals, there's soldiers firing bullets commemorating dead soldiers. There's the audio over it's the, the top. It's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. Talking about all the dead soldiers and running ops and and then the whole dead wife part where yeah, he goes. okay. So he, he goes to visit his dead wife's grave. Yes. And on the gravestone, I swear to God, it said his wife. Hmm. It didn't say like, it literally just said his wife on the gravestone. Yeah. Who, who has that on a gravestone? In 1996, maybe quite a lot of people. No, just puts his wife on the... Gra- was there no name? Her name was underneath it, but oh, like yeah. there was no... You have never ever in your life seen a gravestone that says no. his wife. But but Simpson broke home a cut to the chase. Just, just in case we needed to know. Exactly. Like, what's he doing? And then, but, of course, we got him standing giving a speech in front of the damn gravestone. I mean, don't tell me that... The gravestone was the most expository piece of this film for you. Oh no, oh no, I've got a whole list we, of expository We all problems. do, but you know, let's try and follow the trail of the film. Like, see, I love your excitement about this film. This is brilliant. It's the most, it, it's the most ridiculous plot I've ever brilliant. seen in my entire life. So anyway, yeah. Ed Harris. So Ed Harris. Best actor that's ever lived. Hummel, I think he was called, General he? Hummel General Hummel. But I like the fact you skipped over the fact that I said he's the best actor that's ever lived. You like him a lot, man. don't you? I, I love Ed Harris. Yeah. I love him. I wrote down that in this, he reminded me of a cross between Sean Penn and Aidan Quinn. Don't know why. No, neither do I. No, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a compliment. Okay. I mean, the fact is, anyway, this beautiful beginning, with this beautiful <laughs> exposition, and this phenomenal, rainy general army men driven scene had one thing that really spoiled it just one for me and that was your mum's text right in the middle of it that we had to pause the film for (laughs) so you could respond look just as we're getting into the psyche of general hummel do you know what i was so gripped i didn't even realize the phone had uh yeah no i know i did i answered the text but you know you can't leave uh, a woman hanging on a text i mean you know and, and, I don't know, sort of, if you noticed, so, so after this scene, they go into the naval depot to steal. To steal the, the weapons. The, the weapons. The, 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 yeah, whatever they're meant to be, nuclear weapons. Chemical, wep- chemical. Chemical weapons, chemical weapons. There's something VX, VX gas, VX gas, I mean, it. did it really matter? I mean, it, <clears throat> they, also, can I just comment on the weapons? They look like little detergent balls that you put in a washing machine. Once you'd got them outside of the missile, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Little green balls. This is the trouble. Yeah. So anyway, they go to the Naval Depot. The ex- exposition again, phenomenal. I mean, they're talking you through every step. Every single building has like Navy gun store above it. <laughs> <Just> the- <laughs> Navy arms store. Navy gates. It was, I mean, it was just brilliant. And you're coming in 
And I mean, I love the fact that when it came to them robbing the missiles, yeah. even though they were preparing to obliterate something like 85,000 people, yeah. which was the arbitrary figure. It was the figure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't kill American soldiers. For an American audience, that would have clearly been too far. Uh, so when they fired at the soldiers or the Navy within the, ba- the, Navy, the base, yeah. they fired like these weird, they looked, they looked like um, beanbags. Oh. They were like, and hit them in the stone. They were falling over the edge. But no one got killed. And I thought, isn't that interesting that an American audience, I don't think, would have accepted American soldiers killing American soldiers. Yeah, probably not. At all. Probably not. You know, no. and I just think that was, you know, considering the type of romp kind of film it is, the kind of action thriller that it is, you, you didn't want to lose the audience that earlier on, which I thought was genius. Yeah, I've got I've got something that links into that that comes up in the big chase scene later. I'll save it for later. And then I loved the fact, I adored the fact that the bombs were kept in the freezer. I mean, why? I don't why? even remember that, were they? Yeah. God. And that's why they I kept I dozed them. off two minutes in. And that's why they... <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't. I hadn't. I was watching. I, I just don't remember the freezer bit. And that's why they had to keep them in the morgue oh. over at the um, Alcatraz. Oh, right. Until, of course, they... And we'll get to this in a minute, but randomly stood them on stand yeah, exactly. with no one watching them all over the island. But anyway. I know. These criminals were idiots. Anyway. And then... I just thought it was hilarious because of <laughs> there was every cliche you can imagine within it. It was just brilliant. And when you laughed at the Rambo guy. Oh, no, that was the best bit. The best laugh. I and I literally him. laughed out I loud. I've never seen anything so stupid in my life. He came up all camouflage painted, like, yeah, like you say, like rammed Rambo. And it, you just literally said, <laughs> just popped up into shot from the bottom of the screen it was like platoon or apocalypse yeah, now yeah, yeah. and it was like what the hell am i watching here it but honestly amazing. it felt they thought they were like yeah they thought they were in vietnam or it was amazing and then after all of this action 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 like within well, we've probably been watching it about 12 minutes probably yeah. this point. not even that i reckon yeah, probably an hour but it's so good I mean, that I do have to say, this film was far, far too long. Ooh. This could have been 30 minutes shorter and I would have been thankful. It was way too long, Brian. Okay, well, if we're going to go down that route, there's a film we've watched recently together could have been an hour and a half shorter and I'd have been thankful. And what's that? Driving old ladies around the countryside. If you're talking about Fried Green Tomatoes. That's we haven't one. watched Driving Miss... Don't get me started on Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> it, seriously, no, it was too long. No, it was okay. too long. It was, it was. But then after all this action, we then go on... To the Nick Cage character. I mean, the most mixed up character I've ever seen in my life. A board scientist who we start with, he set up some elaborate shooting thing where it makes balls roll down traps and hit things. Oh, it's like mousetrap. Yeah, yeah, it was like an Yeah, like he was in his his office playing a game that basically looked like homemade mousetrap and unwrapping his Beatles album. Yeah. And mumbling. Mumble, 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 mumble. How I needed subtitles for half of what Nick Cage was saying. Well, that's Nick Cage. Oh my God, so irritating. Hey, Academy Award winner. I on the, look. So we've got we've got Ed Harris stolen all the all the VX weapons. Gas. VX gas. VX gas that look like detergent balls. Then 16, we no, <laughs> then, we meet, then we meet Nick Cage as this biochemist, as he calls as he, as he says he is later, and we go from him disarming one of these bombs or weapons or whatever it was so he's in the oh, yeah. at the very beginning he okay. disarms oh the... my god you're jumping so you're talking about the doll yeah 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 okay so come on people haven't so they, seen it they get Spoiler a alert. so there's a doll that comes into nick cage's laboratory that yeah. apparently has come from ukraine was it oh i wasn't paying it was somewhere russian-ish the first surprise <laughs> obviously <laughs> And they didn't trust it because, I mean, obviously you wouldn't trust it because it's a doll from a foreign country. So they go into this like wrapped up chamber. chamber thing. And I love the fact that the guy he's working with, who they disarm like chemical warfare all the time, yeah. starts waving the arm of the doll at him going, hello, hello. <laughs> and then the eyes open and it spits gas. It's the most elaborate thing ever. It makes much more sense if it just exploded when you opened the box. So so this is my first problem. It was a bit Batman. It was Yeah, it was completely Batman. And I mean Adam West Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not Chris Nolan Batman. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, 
But this is my problem, right? Nick Cage's character was all over the place because apparently he's just a biochemist and he's supposed to be, you know, like this guy that doesn't know. And he's in there, cool as you like, yes, disarming this toxic. The other guy's freaking out because it's burning through his biohazard suit. Yeah. Cage is as cool as a cucumber. They disarm it. It's all good. Cut to Cage at home. The most unpleasant scene I've ever witnessed. Sitting naked on his... He wasn't naked. Oh, really? Half. He didn't have trousers on. He did. I don't. I think he was in... No. Anyway, I, I, saw, I saw naked and I looked away. <laughs> and strumming the guitar. Okay. And then his, his girlfriend comes in and he's just like... Oh, and acting all Nick Cagey and kind of, you know, twitchy and weird. And, oh, I've just, you know, nearly been blown up today. It made no sense. Well, this also, character made no sense, and it just got more weird as the film went on. I see. Again, you're passionate about it. It's brilliant. <laughs> what I love as well is his flat, because he's a biochemist, and from what I could ascertain, she was either a barista or a prostitute. She didn't seem to have anything. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, in general, the female representation yeah, within in this film. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she came in punching he's totally punching oh, by completely, the way completely yeah and she walks in but i was like look at the flat look know, at the apartment yeah. it was like this huge like really expensive like loft, loft yeah, apartment yeah. and he's a biochemist yeah. for the fbi so yeah. that doesn't match at all it doesn't match the character at all but um yeah i i, I must admit that oh and then some some more lovely you know yeah more lovely sort of dialogue and expository he completely unnecessarily you know after his terrible day at work, talks about it would be an act of cruelty to bring a child into this world. Dun, dun, dun. She's pregnant. I, I mean, know. please. I give know. Me. Just, you know, it's just like, let's just cut to the chase. Let's just, let's just say it as it is. Move yeah. on. But then also, and I have to say, he's so cool. And I mean, so cool. How else would you celebrate the news of um, that your partner is pregnant? You'd have sex with her on the roof. On the roof, obviously on the roof, yeah. You'd go to the roof, you'd light all your candle lamps that are all dotted around the roof, and you would lay completely uninvolved while she mounted <laughs> yeah, in a kind of a little baby yeah, doll In a little outfit. baby doll outfit with bunches in, going, <laughs> almost going to like that daddy, which was creepy. And he was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then when the phone rings... I have to get it. It's the office. Oh, no. And it's like, none of this about your well, character. Well, this, is, this, this is just, it's a bloke's wet dream, isn't it? I've written, you know, she's hot, yeah. but she's, but she, you know, but she's pregnant and she's Catholic, oh, but she's a bad it. girl. She, she, she manages to say she's Catholic, but she's clearly a bad girl because yeah. she's got pregnant and she's just acting like a hooker. Um, yeah. And then, then obviously she wants marriage from him. Obviously. So obviously then she's putting the pressure on him. And, you know, to cap it all off later, she doesn't even listen to him when he tells her what to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, women, women, women. And then I know we're the viewer, so we know why he's had the call to go to San Francisco. Yeah. But I love it. The fact that, like, he has a call, oh, you've got to come to San Francisco on business with the FBI. And he turns and goes, why don't you come down for a few days? <laughs> and I just, I love the fact that immediately, they're not messing about, Simpson yeah. and Bruckheimer. We're not messing about. You know, obviously it came up in the script rewrites, well, he's got a San Fran. She's in no danger whatsoever. Yeah. So where's his motivation? Yeah, we need to. Oh, well, he just invited to San Fran. Yeah. Because then she's in the direct firing line. I just loved it. Straight away, I was like, come on. I mean, that's his film all over, though, it's isn't it? Brilliant. So they, it's brilliant. They, so he gets called to San Fran because... He's got to go over there to help with the bombs, hasn't he? Yeah. So have they already taken Alcatraz? Yeah, so at this there's point? a scene yeah. in the middle, isn't there, where yeah. they've taken Alcatraz, they've stormed it, they've told the girls... Get your teacher, go home. Cause oh, yeah, because really, Hummel, Hummel's, Hummel's a good, a good guy. guy, really. He, is he, a good he tells guy. the school kids to get on the boat and go yeah, back to the mainland. Just he's crazy. Yeah. He's a good guy. But they take all the other tourists. All the other 83, tourists. I think it is, tourists, hostage. Yeah. 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 And then they... Knock them up. Then they phone up and they say, we yeah. are going to kill launch these basically. rockets at San Francisco and kill 80,000 people. Unless, <laughs> here's the kicker, what are they doing it all for? They want was it hundred million dollars reparation to yeah. to the families, the families of the soldiers that were in Iraq or something. Yeah, killed. It, I mean, it, I mean, exactly. The details don't even matter. This is no. so ludicrous. They're not important. And then they get a million dollars each, which I loved at the end. Each soldier gets a million dollars each to do what they like with. And now, yeah, a million dollars not. Yeah, actually. now it's like 
That's not much. In 96, you know, yeah. I can imagine watching it. Damn, what could you do with a million dollars? Wow. So so there's this... There's, so basically, there's this nonsense of this kind of Robin Hood insanity of Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. Basically, in order to avenge, you know, the the wrongful killings of these soldiers that have been sent on these missions and their families haven't been told the truth. I'm going to wipe out the whole of San Francisco or the whole of the Bay Area in order to... What madness is this? But I don't think he ever intended to. I don't think think he was always bluffing. I think he was always bluffing. I mean, he said he alludes to that at the end. Can I... And the, the speech with his wife at the beginning, I think, alludes to that. Okay. But you're saying that as a huge Ed Harris fan. And I think you just can't bear to believe that the man's just mental. He, no, Ed Harris would never do that to people. In this film? No. I mean, it's just, it just, each Look, step of the way, it just gets scenes, more crazy. I can prove that he would never have done it. Okay. The other, I'll tell you one thing around this point of the film that gave me great joy. And that was two actors, part of um, Hamill's team. The guy from Scrubs. Oh, yeah, he's gorgeous. Brilliant. Yeah. More exciting for me. Tony Todd, the Candyman himself, is in oh, this yeah. film. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? I yeah, saw he's him. The captain, yeah. I saw him, and I thought, oh my god, that's Candyman. Yeah. Please let that be Candyman. And then yeah, then he came up again later. So that was that was probably the highlight of the whole film for me. Yeah. No, and and also, I think I just I just loved that group. I mean, they were such. I'll talk about it again later, but there's such a hodgepodge of useless people. If like if that's the best representation Hollywood can do of the US Armed Forces, apart from their sheer volume no one's got anything of bullets, to worry about. I don't think anyone should worry. Like, you know, if they have VX gas, we should worry. And if they have that many bullets, we should worry. But actually, I mean, there was no organisation to them at all. I mean, it was hilarious. Uh, I mean, but no, anyway. were, no, no, no. And then they, they had the war sense. room. Where like you know the CIA or whatever had got involved, the Pentagon. Yeah. And then I love that they call in the one man, the one man who escaped the rock. There was someone who escaped the rock that no one's ever been told about. Enter Sean. Sean Connery. Excellent. Finally, this film kicks into gear. Yes, it does. I mean, this it, honestly, if Sean Connery wasn't in this film, I think I, I, I mean, I would have been taking the gas myself and seriously. The- <clears throat> Too far. (laughs) And the fact that he was SAS as well, like as a Brit, it's like, yeah, SAS, best of the world, of course they escaped. And And he got a lot of respect for the SAS, bizarrely. Can we also, Mm. I mean, Oscar on its own should go to Sean Connery's hair before he gets it cut. Yes. I mean, that was... Yeah. Hair and a half, wasn't it? Oh, that was beautiful, wasn't it? I thought it was gorgeous. It's a grunge thing. It's a grunge thing. (laughs) Oh, very good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was... So we get get Sean as the the ex-Alcatraz inmate that has escaped, and they now need to team him up with Nick Cage. But he's been locked away for 30 years with no trial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is an important We don't know why at this point. No. He gets teamed up with Nick Cage to um, help them get inside. So his his remit is to get them inside Alcatraz because yeah. he escaped, so therefore he knows how to get them into yeah. Alcatraz. And obviously Nick Cage is there to get them to disarm because he understands the yeah. biochemistry behind the, the bombs. Yeah. So we understand what's happening, and then it goes next level craziness because Sean Connery manages to convince them he needs a suite at the... Some hotel. Like, yeah. Big the, posh. the fanciest hotel yeah. in San Fran. And then they... Like s- a travel lodge or something. <laughs> and then they send in a stylist. Like, oh. all, all 90s American films, if there's, like, a male stylist or hairdresser, they always have to be this weird camp really sort of camp. version of yeah. a hairdresser. Yeah. So he comes in with uh, and isn't allowed to use his scissors, which causes him, you know... Yeah. Much to stay. Make Sean look like Pam St. Clements. I thought Sean looked quite good after the haircut. You thought it was a bit Pam. Well, this poor guy was doing it with just a razor. True. True. So that's why. Just a buzz cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Sean absolutely Love kicks him. ass. Love him. Flings Womack, the head of the FBI, off of the balcony with a piece of string. With, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, like that string would have held. I mean, this film is not no, realistic. You don't know. 
It was the it was the washing line from the from yeah, the bathroom. You don't know. You're not SAS trained. Oh my god! And he makes a run for it and leads us into. Oh, the best car chase of the all most time ever. This is where I made ninety percent of my notes. I'm not surprised. This was the most beautiful thing on screen ever. So there is something that I wrote down something which I yeah. think sums up the car chase. Yeah. It was the A team with a bigger budget. There Similar. were cars flipping over. Nobody was getting killed or hurt or maimed. They were trashing the place. Nick Cage suddenly went from mild-mannered, don't really know what I'm doing, to absolute lunatic in that car. Right. I mean, the transformation from apparent, you know, calm chemist to complete and utter Nick Cage loon was unbelievable. Sean Connery goes along swerves to get out of an old lady's way, takes out an entire cable car of people. There's people falling off the cable car. <laughs> I agree, but I just want to talk too because it was so exciting. Go <laughs> on. So, first things first. Nick Cage is chasing a Hummer or a Humvee yeah. in a Ferrari. Yeah. If he'd have caught it, yeah. it would have just torn him to shreds. Yeah. A Ferrari, what are you going to do? Ram the Humvee? when we that was just the most ludicrous thing you could have picked to chase a Humvee with. Yeah, but it looked cool. Yeah, I think that's what really matters in this film. Secondly, the water truck was brilliant. A truck carrying bottles of water. It reminded me of Father Ted with the cardboard box. <laughs> so yeah, it's not moving, it's not moving. They just <laughs> crashed through that unnecessarily, smashed through the back of that. There was like a huge bit of road behind it. <laughs> Loved it. Um Every car crash was like so 90s. It's just it was, so no- Come on, it was everything the 18. Exploded. Wasn't it? Everything. Yeah. Which is getting me to the best point. The old lady crossing the road was amazing because it was like clearly a 25 year old stunt woman with a grey <laughs> wig on <going laughs> randomly across the middle of the road. So we had to swerve to miss her. Then we had a wheelchair <laughs> basketball. That's where I've that down as well. What were they doing? The wheelchair basketball guys just in the middle. Just strolling across the middle of the road. <laughs> brilliant. Then the tram with the tram driver who was comic gold. Oh, yeah, he way, was brilliant. He yeah. should have had his own series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was good. He was good. But a cable car. We all good, know, yeah. understand how a cable car operates, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Is there an engine on a cable car? No, it's on the... No, because it hooks onto a cable that yeah. drags it up and down the hill. Yeah. When it turned over and hit the edge, it exploded. <laughs> Everything exploded in this scene. But it exploded straight up. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, like, <laughs> like it was carrying C4 bloody explosives <laughs> on it. And it was like, it's a cable car. There is nothing on there that would explode. It would just go and scrape down the road and stop. Phenomenal. I mean, he absolutely wiped out everything. He rammed that little tiny... There was a little tiny, looked like a smart car from the 90s. It was a tiny little thing. Right. And he rammed it into a telegraph pole in his Humvee. Oh, yeah. And the little smart car exploded <laughs> everywhere. And the good. Well, okay. So It was perfect. So bearing this in mind, you won't be surprised to know that at the MTV Movie Awards, yeah. that scene was nominated for Best Action Sequence. I mean, of course. It didn't win. It didn't win. It lost. It lost to Twister. For the scene, truck drives through farm equipment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's that's high praise, though, to be in that sort of company. Yeah, yeah. It's... It was amazing. I mean, if you've got nothing else to do for, I mean, it was probably only three minutes of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, YouTube that scene. YouTube that scene. I mean, just to see, it's so airplane slash naked gun, where the old lady suddenly appears from nowhere. <laughs> The wheelchair basketball team. I mean, even I watched it. I mean, that was... It's like, this is phenomenal. And it was just the most amazing car chase. And he blew up the entire city. I mean, between him and Nick Cage, if there'd have been real people there, they would have killed hundreds of people. Oh, my goodness. Absolute disregard for human life. Yeah. And yet, no mention of it after that. No, it's fine. Moving on. They haven't got time to mention it. They've got to make sure that Sean gets to his daughter. Yes. To Um, to his estranged daughter to basically say, you know, don't worry in the future, we will have a relationship and I'll make everything okay. I mean, absolutely, completely pointless. Completely pointless. And then how Nick Cage found him was they had wiped apparently 
all of Sean Connery's history, everything. Yeah. There was no record of him. No record of him being in hospital, no record of him being in prison, no record of him being born, no record of him ever breathing in or out, no record of anything. But they did leave his next to kin <laughs> on the computer system. As you do. I mean, the one person that will flood him out of hiding, if that's what he's supposed to be, if he doesn't exist, would be getting his daughter. <laughs> no, we leave that. Everything else, they'd obliterated. So that was brilliant. And also, considering he'd been in prison for 30 years mm. without any, apparently 30, I think they said 30, I'm pretty sure they said 30. Yeah, I think so. He'd been in prison for 30 years. He escaped Alcatraz in 63, apparently. Yeah. So they said he'd been in prison for 30 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, he must have been. Yeah. His daughter was about 28. Yeah, I know. She, yeah, she was And young. she went, oh, it wasn't what I remember for you and Monk. What? Yeah, well, I think he just had one night of passion with the mum, didn't he? And then got arrested again. So maybe it was shortly after he... But even still, escaped. he would have been in prison. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, anyway. I don't think we should try and find logic in this film because then, that's clearly not obviously, going to happen. obviously, the manly moment where Nick gains his respect because he's with his daughter. All the police come flooding in. Nick steps in. Ma'am, he's helping us. Oh, I know. I could have stood up and cheered. But... Damn it. Yeah, well, well, they had that, but then they had to, they, they couldn't, you know, show too much emotion because they had to go straight from that supportive bonding moment to shouting at each other again and macho ranting at each other. And if you do that, I mean, oh God, this film gave me such a headache. No, but this is the thing, right? This is the amazing thing. That, for me, that scene mm. is like there's a new man in America, a new hope. He's still tough. Who's the but new hope here? Nick Cage. Oh, dear Lord. He's intelligent. He knows when to play his cards. He knows when not to. Okay. He's not all gung-ho. There's the old world, the, the, the Sean Connery world, and there's a new world. He's just as intelligent as you, if not more so. <laughs> wow, you love this film. Oh, I love this film. Oh, dear Lord. This is a great film. Okay, well, so, yeah, so that's the second woman we get in this film, is Jade, Sean's yeah. daughter. So I suppose and, the, the only reason and, for her existing... And, yeah. Can I just say, yeah. Jade's hot lesbian friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Well, hang on, we didn't. They, were they lesbians? Clearly. Oh, oh, that was that's what you were all meant to think, was it? As of a course. guy, two hot girls leave a house together, go and see her dad. Oh. she was overprotective as well. Oh goodness me! This is my friend. Well, the only mm. reason for Jade was to give Sean some semblance of um, oh, the reason to give a shit about the people of San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. It's the same with bringing the what pregnant yeah. girlfriend slash fiance yeah. to San Francisco. So it's... basically, what we're getting from this is men are here to save women. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it like that, but mm. yeah, yeah, mm. yes. Good Lord. And we're not even halfway through this film. Oh, we're not. But at this point, I did make one big note. Well, two big notes at this point that I thought were quite funny. One, the editing was savage. I mean, it was clearly someone had watched this film, the producer, and gone, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, there is a really bad cut with Nick's cage girlfriend later. Oh, there's loads of bad cuts. And it was just like you jump from one place to the next and over here and over there. And it's yeah. like, what the hell is going Completely confusing. On? Like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah. But I think they had to because, like you say, it's a lot. It's something like two hours, 12 minutes. It's not a short film. Oh, my film. goodness. It's far too long for this film. An hour 40 would have been fine. Literally, you could have lopped half an hour off this insanity. I don't believe it. And then the second thing. Yeah. I love the fact that every time something manly happened, this brings me up on a good point. Mm. There was electric guitar. So every time it's something manual, it was, bang, <laughs> that, it was very, very, very lethal weapon. Yeah, it was amazing. You expected Mel Gibson to just but, appear in the corner. And if you watch it again, and I, I challenge anyone who's I challenge anyone to enough, watch this film more than once. I'm, I challenge anyone who's brave enough to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I challenge any one of you, especially get this far in, to listen to the music when they're doing the car chase mm. and to listen to the music a bit later on when they're sort of fighting on the island. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, my God, is it? Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Hans Zimmer did this music who didn't do Pirates of the Caribbean. But it was like... And it was like, that's pretty much Pirates of the Caribbean. So, Hans, if you're listening... You've been ripped off. You need to have a listen to that music, mate, because they they borrowed a lot of that. They have borrowed okay, a lot of that. Right. So anyway, then they go to the island. We get to Alcatraz. Oh my Well, God. Nick is told he has to go because he didn't think he had to go. I've gone on Janice. Okay, 
They decide, they decide, they head to the island to get into Alcatraz to infiltrate Hummel and his band of renegade lunatics. True. Underneath Alcatraz, I am fairly sure it would not work the way it appears to work for them to get in. They're all in their snorkel dive gear. They all go down. They all enter Alcatraz from underneath. I mean, the structure of this building would be absolutely fucked. I don't... Shed. Mm. We've been to Alcatraz mm. and we know it's not fucked. Because I don't believe you could dive in underneath it and come up well, from the bottom. Well, how would they have filmed it <laughs> if you couldn't, if you couldn't do, do it? it? They get they they get they get they come in from underneath. Yeah. They get into what is like some sort of furnace room. Yeah. With a, an active furnace situation going on. You always keep the furnace room next to the pool of water that leads directly out to the sea. And you always Everyone keep the furnace that. going, even though the building's not being. A hundred percent. You have to warm the building <laughs> that has no occupant. Yeah. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Using the old pre-fifties furnace. And then, and then Sean Connery, and then, oh, and then obviously Sean they're Connery all they're all screwed because they're trapped in this furnace room, and there's no no way to get into the main building from the furnace room. That's why you bring that's why you bring Bond along, basically, isn't it? Because this is where the film turns into a Bond slash Indiana Jones mashup. So that's why Sean Connery's in this film. Yeah, Indy Indy Senior and James Bond, because without him, the rest of these people would have been screwed. And. He was hot in this film. Sean was hot in this film. I thought you were on Ed. No, I am on Ed, but Sean was still hot in this film. He was hot in this film, but you can't have Ed and Sean. No, I don't want Ed and Sean. Oh. You just have to I don't even want the, the thought of Ed and Sean, <laughs> but... Ed, Ed, yeah, I mean, Ed's different level. Oh, but okay. Sean... Yeah, no, he looked good, yeah. And he, how old was he during when he filmed this? I think he was hundred. 128. Yeah, he was only 103 at this point. He must have been in his 60s, I think. Oh, maybe. Anyway. anyway yeah, sorry, let's move anyway, on. Anyway, I mean, it, it jumped the shark a long while ago, but we're now in Indiana Jones' Bond territory, so Sean, don't worry about it, decides he, he can roll. He knows the timing of the furnace fire. So he can roll through the fire to get out of this room and then come round and unlock the door to let them all in. Damn straight. Fire does not scare a Scotsman. That's what I've learned. Oh, my Lord. But, you know, these are men that wear kilts with nothing on underneath. Why would they be scared of fire? Of anything. Yeah, clearly. I mean, yeah, madness. They, yeah. Infu they infiltrate the building. Yeah. This, I mean, it all completely kicks off. I actually completely wasn't sure what the hell was going on. Well, they came up... In None the... of it was making any sense. So, earlier, earlier, the guy from Scrubs... Yeah. ...put some motion sensor... Yeah. In the shower block. Yeah. And a laser, a freaking laser. Yeah. So if anyone Very came up powers. in the shower block, the only place in the whole building you put it. Mm. So if anyone came up in the shower block, they'd know. Yeah. So then this crack group of troops yeah. that Sean and Nick are with. Yeah. Go into there. They look through their little fiber optic thing and go, oh, there's a laser. Yeah. And there's some sort of prism. They it, don't look at it. It doesn't look like a prism. No, it doesn't make any sense, this bit. So they immediately knock it out of the way with their <laughs> mirror so they can reflect back the laser. And they go, oh, no. And they go, yeah, we're clear. And then they go up. And Ed Harris's guys are already on them. Uh, and then, and then Ed becomes, and I quote from my notes, Ed is 103.6% <laughs> man. <laughs> he tried to stop his guys... Shooting everybody. <laughs> he understood the futility of war in that moment. This love affair is... He knew no one would win. He knew that intelligent men, they stay behind ultimately. What? And he told them to hold their damn fire and they couldn't. Because your fella, the candy man, had a hankering for blood. Well, thank God. At least he was bringing something to this film and some semblance of believability to it. The rest of it was nonsense. They, they start you know firing. What? Very rude. <laughs> it was, though. Come on. I'm not saying there's not fun to be had. There's fun to be oh. had. Oh. But a lot of it was absolute nonsense. They, they start firing at random. Suddenly, Hummel's troops seem to have quadrupled in number because they take... Oh, there's hundreds of them. I mean, 
Dear Lord. I mean, it was another, you know, platoon moment, wasn't it? People were getting, it was like they were on a battlefield. People were getting fired. Their guts were spilling out every, it was, yeah. So they, they completely obliterate the majority of Hummel's troops and they're left with about five, I think. He's left with about five. Hummel? Yeah. You got the right one. Yeah, Ed Harris. Okay, well, no, they were in a raised position. Yeah, but he, they, they, they took out loads of them. Yeah, but they were killing most of the ones down the bottom. Oh, yeah, because we're just left with, basically, ultimately, we're left with Nick and Sean and Hummel and about four or five of his men. That's ultimately who we're left with after this bloodbath, which included bombs being thrown into the foundations of the building with no concern for the structure. Sinead, again... We went to Alcatraz after 96. Clearly <laughs> this event didn't have that much of a damaging effect on it. I'm surprised they let us go over there. That's no wonder they didn't lock you in the cells anymore after that. Because <laughs> in case of a repeat yeah. performance. This is around the time that Nick um, tells Sean, I'm just a biochemist. Even after he's done all the insane shit, including that Ferrari chase. Oh, I'm just a biochemist, mate. I'm just a... Yeah. You know. But then... When they're running around in the tunnels and Ed knows they're in the tunnels, yeah. then it gets good. But then it goes completely then Indiana Jones. He drops the bomb. I the bit my, one of my favourite bits, and it makes me laugh. They're running through the water in the tunnels, right? Yeah. These really random, almost Neolithic tunnels underneath the, the thing. Like Indiana Jones, because it, it would have yeah, like a cart wait, thing. So I'm going to get to that. Oh lord! They're running through the water. It's knee deep. Yeah. They drop a huge bomb down there. Fire starts flooding through everywhere. Ah, fire, fire. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they dive into this knee-deep water and they swim under it while the flames lick above them. And I'm like, the water was like just above their shins two minutes ago. They would have actually dived into it, hit their heads, and their ass would have still been sticking out of the water. It was absolutely fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. Don't even get me sure. We haven't got on to the bit where it goes all Goonies. Yeah, I wrote down Goonies. Yeah, it goes totally Goonies. Then before that, as well, they go around killing everyone. But even Sean's getting involved. Now, this is an yeah. SAS man. The SAS are renowned for three bullets for a kill. Mm. That's it. Right. They don't waste ammunition mm. because you don't know how much you're going to need. Mm. How many? It's their thing, a burst of three. Right. Yeah, Sean apparently has lost all training and just stands with a gun spraying <laughs> it everywhere. <laughs> but then I did think, and I wrote here, yeah, three in a burst is not good filming, really, is it? No, exactly. It's like reloading, isn't it? My dad, yeah. my dad yeah, used yeah. to always yeah. be like, they haven't re reloaded yeah. that gun. He's found about 75 bullets <laughs> yeah. out of a six-shooter. Um, and then, then they find some of the rockets before they go into the Goonies territory. Yeah. They find a whole stash of the rockets. There's 18 on the island. Mm. They apparently find 15 in one place in the mortuary. He disables 15 rockets because he even says that there's three left. Oh, don't even get me started. In like two minutes. Mm. There's not a single one of his precious soldiers standing in this room. It make, it's like Bond, isn't it? It's like they just <laughs> yeah. leave everything unattended. Oh, I know. But like, how... The first one, when he was pulling the balls up, be really careful with those. Is these intricate pearl? There's like pearl a, yeah, balls it's like a hanging. microchip yeah. that he has yeah. to get out from the yeah. surrounding yeah. detergent ball package. Yeah. But first time, like the first one, it took him about a minute and a half. Hold this, don't move. Mm. These are deadly. Da -la -la, da -la -la. Cut away to guys running towards him. Cut back, and he's like, "That's fifteen done." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Details are irrelevant here. And then they run into those caves again. And we, is that Goonies when we went? Time. Yeah. So why was why is it something why like a mining, mining cart? I know. It was like there's a mining cart and they're jumping in it, and I'm like, it's got. I was <laughs> honestly, it just went full so on goonies. You've got everything. I was expecting a pirate ship at the at the corner. Everything you need. It was uh, yeah because I even started writing. It's like goonies meets, and then I just wrote, I don't know. Madness. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Goonies meets Bond meets eighteen. Um. But yeah, and then Nick, Cage, big moment, big moment. He has to commit his first kill. Because earlier he says he's never shot a gun. Well, I mean, this mild-mannered man that... And then to save Sean, he has to do his first kill. Yeah. And it's like that coming-of-age thing mm. he, where he realises men have to do what they don't want oh, to do. Oh, my God. I mean, 
you're, you're, you're making me dislike yeah. this even more. And then, and then I think that Sean and Ed have a perfect moment. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. They must have had a little, a little. Bond. Oh, was that when they're talking together and he's like, "No, you won't kill me, or you won't shock me." I don't remember. Um, I did write down Cage eventually kills. I think I was losing yeah. the will to live by this point. Well, he kills. That's the moment he needed. That's what made him the new. You know, that's that bridge between yeah, old yeah, and yeah. new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Young but... boys want to do what they've got to do, Sinead. Oh goodness me! This is the most misogynistic, fabulous film. Isn't it just that? <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say about the girlfriend, Cage's girlfriend earlier, yeah. um, Carla. She she comes to, to San Fran, even though he's told her oh, not yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And um, then she's feisty. Then she runs away from the yeah. FBI. Yeah, and she, she arrives, presumably at the airport or whatever. She gets picked up in a... Um, oh, there's Sinead, or me. That's your phone. Sorry about that. She gets picked up at the airport in a in a car by the presumably an FBI guy, basically yeah. looking after her, and she she's not having this. She jumps out of the car and she runs, runs yeah, away. Yeah, sea, yeah. And you're like, oh no, what terrible befall, you know, what scenes will we get with her? What interesting things will happen? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Cut to the next time you see her, she is back in the control of the men. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. So they just, what, rugby tackled her as soon as she got out of the car and dragged her away. I know. That annoyed me. I know. But then then we move on. Then they disable the last three or whatever it is. Or there's one left or... He there's fires a, there's one There's a anyway. few left because they get captured. Cage yeah. and, and Connery get captured, don't they? Oh, and, that's right. And locked right. in and the cells. And then they fire one towards San Francisco. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And everybody's worried. Oh, they've launched one, sir. And then right at the end, Ed just basically turns it away. He couldn't do it. No. They've called his bluff. He turns it away from the stadium and plunges it into the sea. Which, incidentally, if you... Would have called a tidal wave. I mean, apart from the fact... <laughs> You're going to give me no, some no. fact now. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, even though I love the old tech, where he has to type in yeah. that he's going to turn the, 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 the thing away and there's all lots of lit up buttons everywhere. Um, if he'd have plunged this apparent missile into the sea where it detonated and mm. they said oh it detonated underwater right this yeah. was a vicious apparently yeah, yeah, one drop yeah. of it killed oh yeah it would have killed all the fish they don't care about fish uh. it would have killed all the swimmers it would have had different sea life washing up dead <laughs> onto the shore you would have been out swimming it and it would have probably have killed millions of people but apparently no, in this so film sure. it's fine yeah and then i just thought I've got lost now. Oh, yeah. And I thought, yeah, great. He couldn't do it, right? This is the general. He's still got his pride. Even though he's old world, he's still got his pride. He couldn't do it. Yeah. He couldn't do it. And then the president oh launches the attack the against the island. Oh, the obliterate the island. If I have to lose 83 civilians to save 85,000 civilians, then that's the choice I have to make. And do you know what I loved about it? I wrote this here. The president can do what a general can't. Oh, that's the God. difference. I mean, this. What? I mean, how? How the American that's anthem the wasn't playing over this oh, bit? I, I don't know. That's re- true power, though. You know, that was true power. Uh, a general, he can't do it, but a president has to. Give me can. a break. I wrote down presidential speech. Tick. Repentance. Tick. Flag. Tick. Sunset silhouette. Tick. I mean, it it's was. Got it all. Uh, no shame. Oh, yeah. Absolute no shame. But that's why we all adored America in the 90s and all wanted to be American. Because this is all we saw. This is all we got. I know. Like now we get a lot more and you have to be very grateful to the internet for that. But look, then I'll be, we didn't. I'll be fair. You know, the, the little bits of humour in this film worked really well. We just needed more of them. Yeah. You know, the fact that um, when, when Sean and um, Nick Cage got out of the um, cell that they'd been put in and not not being, you know, didn't have a man watching over no, them. Very, very Bond. And Connery manages to get them out in the loudest way possible. So I don't know how anyone didn't hear it. But then he basically turns around and said, oh, the last time I swam this water, I was your age. Either way, I'm fucked. I can't make it now. And it's like, see, that was funny. I liked that. We needed more of that and less of the rest but of it. But even though, at the very end, hmm. he left... How did he? How get was it? he getting off the island? Oh no, he told him there was an underwater scuba. Thing yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the kit is downstairs. But one thing I did write is this was a terrorism pick. 
Oh, man, yeah, this was, was yeah. about terrorism. Yeah, yeah, and this was. actually was way ahead of its time in terms of domestic terrorism. Yeah, it was about, yeah, I mean, it was, totally. Um, and then, and then, <laughs> there's something else I wrote at this point as well. Because there was a lot of Sean and Ed at this point. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it was stunning. You, you were touched. I loved it. I just put, I'm just glad it isn't made now, the remake. Because imagine Sean Connery swapped out with Liam Neeson. Because <laughs> that's what they do now. It would be Come Liam Come on, Neeson. you can't be dissing Liam Neeson all the time. I can, because imagine. Instead of his wife, it would have been his daughter. Oh, uh, yeah. Straight away, always. And, yeah, I just can't deal with on, that. On, yeah. that. on that point, though... One thing I want you to explain to me, because I didn't understand this. Yeah. So so as we're building towards the climax and they're throwing everything they've got at it, there's a one of the thugs, one of the yeah. Hummel's men is fighting Sean Connery. And he says, and I'm pretty sure this is what I heard, did I tell you my old man was Irish? Yeah. Well, I didn't understand that. Sean Connery is not Irish. I didn't understand the point. No, because he's beating him up. Oh, what? An, and oh, stereotypically I... Irish men are good fighters? No. no. Well, what's the point? I didn't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? I don't get it. He was an Irish guy kicking the crap out of a British guy. So he said, oh, did I tell you my parents were Irish? As in, an Irish guy loves the idea of beating the hell out of the British. Well, I mean, but I I'm thought, not sure I'm not sure Sean would want to be deemed British. He's Scottish. Well, that's still British. Well, I... <laughs> but Apologies I don't think to our Scottish I've not friends. met an Irish person that has an issue with Scottish people. However... I do know that the majority of Protestants that were sent to Northern Ireland and by the British were Scottish Protestants. It, it, so it is a bit of a bind. I think it's a lot deeper than probably you understand. <laughs> the one deep point of the whole film. It wasn't that deep. It didn't make any sense. And and it was, I don't know if this was before or after, but you have missed the Oscar winning moment. Which was? It dying. I genuinely I could have cried I almost don't even remember that did he die at the end yes he died because the two nutcase captains overtook and there was all guns getting pointed Candyman yes Candyman yeah, and I the other Candyman. bloke who I recognised from somewhere took over and they all started shooting each other and then Sean got involved and he started just shooting bullets everywhere and then Ed Harris was shot yeah you're right and yeah. he died yeah oh lump in my throat are you serious beautiful you're being genuine aren't you stunning Oh my goodness. If it oh, dies, oh. that's not a good thing. Oh. And then, one of the best slash worst lines in film history, mm. one of the nutters is chasing Nick Cage. Yeah. Because they've left one of the rockets again unattended in... Oh, like in the lighthouse. In the lighthouse. Yeah. So he's already disarmed it, but then the guy comes in. Yeah. And for some reason, Nick decides... He's holding one of, of the balls, balls of personal yeah. of vehicle <laughs> yeah, gas. Yeah. He'll put most of them in a drain. So yeah. they're safe. But one, he'll keep in his top pocket. Well, because he, need, he he needs it for later. But, like... I know, it doesn't, I know. But anyway, but but he's got it in up. his hand at this point, and the guy comes in, he goes, ah, blah, blah, I'm going to kill you. Ah, blah, you don't stand a chance. Brian's ah. pulling beautiful faces now. Oh, stunning. And then Nick says the best line in what any film ever. What does he say ever. before he does it? Arnie Rivaling. Yeah. You're the rocket man. Is you're the oh, rocket yeah. man, and he presses the fire button on the rocket. Shoots the guy out of the window. Yeah. So the guy basically stands in front of the rocket, as you would. Yeah. And Nick launches it at him, but it, there's no VX gas in it at this point because he's already disarmed it and hit it in the grate. Oh, complex storylines, subplots. I mean, this is <laughs> subplots. But not only does that guy get blown out of the window by a rocket to add insult to injury, he then. Flies through the air and gets impaled on a spike. Yeah, of course. Just, you know, yeah, just, just to, to make show sure. show how crazy he is. Because this film has just completely gone off the deep end by this point. And then after this is when your Irish guy, your American Irish guy and Sean start to fight. And I just, I mean, the thing that made me laugh is Sean comes around the corner and he smacks him in the face with the butt of a rifle. Mm. And Sean falls over like he's been slapped with a glove. Of course he does, he's Sean Connery. Now, SAS or not, if a full butt of a rifle <laughs> smashes you in the middle of your face... Sure. I'm not convinced. I didn't have a problem that with that. You be bones <laughs> I'm fine with that. Into, I don't know. That's the problem you've got with the believability of this film. And then, yeah. And anyway, so then they fight, and he makes the comment about the Irish thing, and I looked at you, but you didn't seem to get it. So that's I fine. Blooming did get it because it didn't make any sense. Oh, I got it in terms of I wrote it down. I didn't get it because oh, it doesn't make any sense. I was going to say Blooming did get it. <laughs> um, and then, then. Then they decide, Nick and this other guy decide to write, because there's apparently one more that appears out of nowhere. 
they have a wrestling match while he's got a, a vial of VX gas in his lapel pocket. Oh, dear me. And the guy runs at him. And they wrestle on the floor. Yeah. And then Nick runs at him and they yeah. wrestle on the floor. And I'm like, they're hitting chest to chest. And I'm like, this would have gone by now. And then he smashes the, the vial, the personal mm. thing, into his mouth. Smashes his jaw up. Goes outside, stabs himself in the chest, releases the flares. Oh, my goodness. The US Air Force see it with seconds left, but they've already fired one rocket at the island. Who's going to die? I mean, guys. Oh, Madness. How are you Absolute. not so excited? I mean, people are probably how turning this off. I not excited? I wasn't even sure what the hell was going on. The needle antidote thing. Yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, they made a big deal out of that earlier. He did not want that. They did make a big deal out about that earlier, but I just thought, at that point, when he stabbed himself with the needle antidote, I, I literally just wrote down, this all stopped making sense ages ago. I mean, I mean, I can turn my brain off with the best of people, but seriously. And then you get Nick Cage, like you say, running out, setting off the flares to let them know that, you know, they've secured everything. And he's there with his hands out like he's Jesus on the crucifix. That's a good... Yeah, that's exactly that's what it looked like. I didn't write that down. Yeah. Um, and then, because they they one of the planes has already released the bombs, then, I don't know, that blows, something happens, and then Cage is in the water. Yeah, and then Sean dives in. And, and then Sean dives in and saves him. So it's like it goes from like this crucifixion scene to like this resurrection of Sean Connery bringing Cage back out of the See, water. subplot. <laughs> don't listen to this sub- rubbish. Go and watch this great film. Oh my goodness. And yeah. You're right, Sinead, you're right. Because I've written here mm. after this rescue mm. that Sean carries after out. After this resurrection. And then the beautiful moment where he says to Sean, you know, you need to go. And Sean tells him where the micro fish watch it if you want to know what I'm talking about with the micro fish. I can't give you everything. Oh yeah. That actually is a subplot. But go on. Well, why don't you just ruin it for everybody? No, no, it? go watch it and find out what the microfiche is. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the old world respecting the new. It's, it's that transference of old world to new world, right? There's a handover. It's amicable. The old world is giving the old information, all the knowledge that they have to the new world in Nick. So Sean's the old world, and there's all these bad people from the old world, and he's got all the dirt on him, and he's handing it to this new, more intelligent world to look after. These are the people that will look after the future of America, and he is handing it over. The British are handing over the (laughs) empire to America. And they are saying, we looked after the planet, now you need to do it. And that's the subplot in there. That's why, and at the end, not only is that the case, who carries the information from the old world to the new world? From the British looking after the empire to the Americans looking after the empire? The church. Because where does he hide the microfish? In a leg of a pew at the church. Spoiler. And that's where Nick goes to get it. So if you can rely on the church, the old world can pass to the new and they will look after all of us. The end. Thank you very much. Best film ever made. <laughs> Love it. Never, never have I more respected your ability to spin utter nonsense. Beautiful. From utter nonsense, honestly. It, no, it was beautiful. It was stunning. I will grant you that the end and and Nick sticking up for Sean and basically telling him to vaporize to skedaddle and then yeah, telling telling his su- su- superiors that Sean got vaporized and they readily accepting that. Um, you know, I I I can, I can be on board with that. At least Sean escaped at the end of it. But I'm still with you, not with you. I'm still with myself on the fact that this is about half an hour too long absolute insanity after insanity after insanity i i I couldn't quite believe what i'd watched brian i'm not gonna lie i couldn't quite believe what what i'd watched however i did think that sean and nick cage were good together so i was pleased to discover that back at the old mtv movie awards ah here we go i feel there might be occasional Little factoids getting dropped in here. Fascinating factoid. Fascinating factoid. Nick and Sean won Best On Screen Duo at the 97 MTV Movie Awards. Well respected. Beating, if you can believe this, Mm -hmm. Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormar in Fargo. Fargo, Brian. Yeah, okay. I have no defence for that. Uh, Also beating 
Beavis and Butthead. Well, Being Beavis and Butthead do America. Just like, you know, just saying. Also Claire Danes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, and Nathan Lane, Robin Williams and Birdcage. Okay, so they but should have Steve come Buscemi third out of those Beavis four. But... I, I mean, yeah, I was surprised at that. But good for them, good for them. They had a bloody blast, didn't they? So the question is, Sinead, I'm, I'm super excited. I can, all you, you're really worn out now, aren't you? I know, this was brilliant. You're going to have to have a little lie down, I think. <laughs> I might do. You're going to ask me how many VHS yeah. tapes I give this. Yeah, I am. I, I am going to give this, and I think this is no. I think this is really fair because you know it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not trying to go on. I'm giving it a strong three out of five VHS tapes. That's, I'll take that. I will take That's that. That's good. That's good. Because come and on. On, on what basis did it get so high? Because from where you've been talking. I didn't you thought that. it was going to get a two. I really liked Sean Connery. Yeah. I liked the humour that played out when it played out. I just think there needed to be more of it. Yeah. I actually admire the lunacy of the plot just building yeah. upon itself because it literally didn't give a shit at a certain point. It just went off the bloody deep end. I think if it had been... I know I've said this a lot, but I think if it had been half an hour shorter, if it had all been a bit tighter, if they could have just toned some of it, some of the platoon style nonsense down a little bit I think it would have been even more of a romp so I think three out of five Nothing I enjoyed excellent. it I just don't need to see it again okay I think I, I think that's excellent come on how many VHS tapes are you giving it not more not a lot more than you <gasps> I'm only going to give it three and a half and I'll Ooh. explain why oh we're on a par then I love the film I love the film I love the kind of balls out, who gives a shit, is this is, is all about entertainment, this is all about just going for it, fun, it's spectacle, that's the best True. way to put it, it's, it's all about the spectacle rather than the plot and anything else, and I, I mean, admire that, Yeah. Simpson and Brokheimer were phenomenal at mm. that, um, but it, you know, <clears throat> you, you have to know, as soon as the wheelchair basketball team came out, <laughs> it lost half it the lost point. point. Do you know what I mean? It just, as soon as, you know, a man who's been completely obliterated from from history mm. after two phone calls by Nick Cage <laughs> to a mate, he's found out he's next to Kin's address. <laughs> so and you can, actually lives uh, here, right here in San Francisco. You can suspend your belief to a certain point. Basically. So I can to a certain point. I obviously understand that everything that happened in uh, Alcatraz actually happened because there was a, quite a lot of it that looked like it had been hit by a bomb when we went. <laughs> Um, uh, and they wouldn't let you stay in the cells. But no, I thought three and a half. I mean, because I think, you know, it's of its, it's completely of its time. It's that complete American that we all bought into. You know, when America was at its height and you just wanted everything American, when you had all your Ferris Bueller's and your MTV's mm. and just America was like the ultimate place because that's how they sold it. Yeah, no, We true. now, thanks to the internet, understand it more and understand it was a sales pitch rather than a film. But... It was brilliant. It and did I what it said it. on the tin. We're not that far apart then. No, we're, we're not. half a point apart. We're not. But I still loved it. But yeah, I can't say it was a four out of five. I can't say it was a four VHS film. It's not okay. at all. But it was brilliant. It's a three. It's yeah. a three for three me. And a three and a half from me. Cool. So, reasons to dump you. Oh, I don't think I've given you any, have I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them to you. No, that's what I mean. I haven't given you any reasons to dump me. Are you mad? Okay, there's more than... There were just two, but now that's going to go up. Okay. So first of all, your complete lack of appreciation for every little boy's dream to save the world. Oh, please. No, you found it ludicrous. Well, it was ludicrous. That's every little boy's dream to save the world, to be the one person who can save the world, save everybody. Every little boy's dream. They weren't little boys. They weren't little boys in this. I know the viewer. Oh my god! They were no. I I don't think that's a reason. Okay, what's your second reason? What's your second reason? Well, second reason is a lack of respect for Ed Harris. (laughs) You didn't even think about how hard and I I said nice things. I said he was a cross between Sean Penn and Aidan Quinn. That's quite a compliment. Who and who? Don't Sean Penn, I know. Who's Aidan Quinn when he's at home? You know Aidan Quinn. What? Benny and what? June. 
Legends oh, of Fall? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. I mean, apart okay, from the fact that you one. just named two films I've not seen. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, awful. Thirdly, Thirdly. You, you clearly don't have any respect for true entertainment. For the <laughs> spectacle. You don't. I love The Great Showman. That was good entertainment. Fourthly, you laughed out loud at a hard-hitting point where a man who's in full mortal danger, in full camouflage, bursts onto the screen. How did you not laugh at that bit? And five, most importantly... Five reasons! This is the fifth one. Most importantly, if I'm showing you a film that yeah. I adore and your um. mum texts, you don't ask me to pause the film so you can answer it. All right, I'll give you that one. I know, I need to answer this because she probably needs milk. <laughs> oh, I need to answer this. She's probably telling me about the chase. <laughs> That's out of order. Yeah, all right. I, I mean, so I when think... we get halfway through one of your drivelly romantic things, I'm going to ask one of my friends to text me, if I had any friends. I'm going to ask a family <laughs> member to text me, and then I'm going to answer it. Fine. We'll <laughs> see if you can manage that. So, just the five reasons to dump me then. No, to be fair, the main ones were the lack of respect. <laughs> the, <main ones. laughs> the lack of respect for Ed Harris. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's the one that's I know, serious. yeah, well, I should have known that that would That's one, like, for, I was yeah. packing your case at the end of it. Right. And the, the lack of any appreciation of that little boy's dream to save the planet. Okay. To be the hero. I'm going to take that on board and work on that, because, you know, I don't want to crush anyone's <laughs> dreams. Good. Well, thanks for introducing me to The Rock, Brian. I, I did weirdly enjoy it, even though I had a lot Excellent. to say I think it that deserves. made it seem like I might and not have enjoyed can it. Can I say, we applauded the film at the end. Was that just the relief that it was over? <laughs> wow. why, did, why did we applaud it at the end? Because I started applauding and you joined me. Oh, well, I, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> One person does something, I just can't help but join in. Okay. I need to work on that. Do you want to know then what what is in store for you next time? No, nope. no interest. <laughs> I can I can keep oh, it. Oh, I've a got a feeling you're going to full on revolt now. And I'm going to. I've I've oh. gone for a film that I haven't seen for many 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 years. Okay. It's from 1991. Okay. So we're going to stay in the 90s. Okay. Because it was such a, a classic decade. Okay. And it's the River Phoenix oh. Lily Taylor film Dogfight. What? Oh, my Lord. I haven't seen it for ages, so I'm quite excited. I, I can have no emotion. You've response. never heard of this film? Never. I think a lot of people might not have heard of it. I discovered it late night on the telly. You know, one of those sort of like... Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's not one of those sorts of films. Oh, yeah. Um, Rather watch it alone. It's an, I, my memory is that it was a lovely little film. I am slightly concerned it's not going to have aged that well. Okay. But let's watch that what together. Year is it and from? It's ninety-one. You were like twelve. Yeah, I don't think I saw it because I saw it on the television, so I must have seen it maybe when I was like fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, dogfight. Let's see what you think of it. I mean, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. You, you sat. You appreciated the rock. You discussed the rock. I have admiration for anyone who's prepared to give the rock time. <laughs> And I will even drop it to just four reasons to don't be based on that fact. Thanks. I know. It's very good. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. Now we're staring at each other. <laughs> Always good audio. <laughs> no, um, until next time. Thanks for listening. This Thanks has been Reasons to Dump You. It has been Reasons to Dump You. Excellent Reasons to Dump You. The fantastic film podcast. That means everything! Everything!